0: In the darkest night, you kindle a fire. Amen. How does it feel to sit in the dark? Barbara Brown Taylor, theologian and writer, reflects on her time in darkness. She says, Resurrection is always announced with Easter lilies, the sound of trumpets, bright streaming lights. But it didn't happen that way. If it happened in a cave, it happened in complete silence, in absolute darkness, with the smell of damp stone and dug earth in the air, Let this truth sink in, she says. New life starts in the dark. Whether it is a seed in the ground, a baby in the womb, or Jesus in the tomb, it starts in the dark. Good Friday has come and gone, and now Jesus is on the cross. An unbearable sight, I imagine. I imagine Mary and the disciples and Joseph and Nicodemus, and I can feel the darkness they find themselves in as they ask for the body of Jesus. An unbearable request, I would imagine. And here we sit now, In our own darkness, but knowing the end of the story. And yet trying as a people, trying to suspend that knowing and to remain just a moment longer with the disciples in the dark. Like the disciples, we might find that the darkness brings a bit of confusion. The disciples thought Jesus came to bring the light, to trample their enemies under their feet, to cast away their troubles, to bring peace. And yet now they wash his broken body and lay him in a tomb, a dark tomb. Their teacher is laid there while they wait in the dark. How does it feel to sit in the dark? Reflecting on the image of sitting in the dark conjures up for me the image of Joseph and Nicodemus as they are washing the body of Jesus and laying him in the tomb. They were also in the dark and they were surrounded by dangerous and powerful guards. And yet, they were hoping and praying and they were expecting Jesus' resurrection. This loving action of care and self-protection required of them both vulnerability and vigilance the vulnerability to be heartbroken and grief-stricken while also focused and thoughtfully vigilant. In the dark, we are all both deeply vulnerable and, if we are smart, keenly vigilant. This balance of vulnerability and vigilance takes muscle strength, strength of heart, Strength of mind, strength of soul. This is the balance of Holy Saturday, the balance of vulnerability and vigilance. We are invited to practice together tonight on this most holy of nights. We are asked to create this balance of vulnerability and vigilance in the dark together. To be together as we have been throughout Lent and Holy Week, a balance of expectant hope, a hope of transformation. While we remain in the dark, how does it feel to sit in the dark? Barbara Brown Taylor reminds us that, yes, all new life begins in the dark, but new life doesn't stay there, not if it's truly to live. And it's only when we begin to feel so uncomfortable in the dark that we are willing to do what needs to be done to birth the light. And the birthing process isn't comfortable. Sorry to bring this up on your special day, Darren. (laughs) But ask any woman who has journeyed through the birthing process. Comfortable is definitely not the word for it. In order to birth new light... In order to move from the dark into the light, in order to be transformed, born again, resurrected, we have to be so uncomfortable that we are willing to choose the light. To dispel the darkness of the world today, I believe we will have to choose a more deeply fundamental element of light the darkness of the world today requires more than a false light. This is not a flashbulb moment. This is not a light bulb moment. This is not a solar powered moment. The darkness of the world today requires that we choose the more fundamental element of light, the element of light that is found in fire. The darkness of the world today requires us to choose the light of fire, the light of baptism, to choose the fire that comes from the Holy Spirit. Being a Christian is a choice. Baptism is a choice. Our friend Darren makes that choice tonight. We will witness her in this moment of choice in baptism but we will also witness her in the moments that follow, too. In all of the other ways, she will choose the light that emanates from the passion of fire from this day on. And in her choosing, and in our choosing, new life, new birth, resurrection, we must balance our own sense of vulnerability and vigilance. Because when you handle fire, you must be both radically vulnerable and deeply vigilant. In just a moment, we will choose to kindle the light of fire together while we sit in the darkness. We will choose to light the fire of our candles and then share that light with our neighbor. Let us imagine the disciples and the way they balanced so deeply the care for the broken body of Jesus on that night. Let us imagine the way they balanced their own vulnerability and vigilance. Let us allow ourselves to feel the tension in that balance. Let us call on the strength of our hearts and our minds and our soul and each other to stand strong, to balance ourselves in the stance required when handling fire. We have the choice to bring the light of a great fire to the world, the fire of the Holy Spirit. The light that is Jesus Christ. Because we know the end of the story. We know that soon enough, Jesus will walk and talk to his friends as they travel a new road together. We know that a few people will choose to take on the work of Christ after his ascension. We know a few will be baptized in his name and will carry on the call of Jesus, and we will call ourselves Christians. We know the work will be about love, because love, we are told, covers a multitude of sins. We know all of this to be true. But for this moment, let us remain in the dark where all new life starts. Let us remain until we are so ready, so expectant, so brazen, so bold, so brave, so steady, that we are able to choose to kindle the fire among us. And then let us choose to go out, out into that dark world and be the light. Let us choose to be the light of Christ, to share the fire of the Holy Spirit, the fire that never fades away. Amen.